Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Right. Hey, girls. Welcome back hey. to my podcast. We have Fumi here. Oh, my gosh. Literally <laughs> the best person in the world. <laughs> Literally, I was telling you, I was telling you that when I had a client and she was like, is there any other person that you would recommend to do coaching with after you? I was like, literally the only person, Fumi, like go to her. She's the Aww. best. Like, yeah, you're Thank amazing. You so, so much. Yes. So Thank Fumi, you. you're you. a lawyer a content creator, mm-hmm. Ivy League degree girl, God lover <laughs> like me. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I just want to say thank you so much for having me. Like, you're my favorite. Um, I, like, our episode was amazing. Still, like, one of my favorite episodes. And I just, what I love about you is you talk about femininity from a very spiritual place mm-hmm. and, like, it's a journey right it's there's none of the kind of like stereotypes and all of that kind of thing that can be Mm -hmm. really harmful Mm -hmm. um in your content i just have so much respect for you and you're just such a kind soul as well which is just so beautiful to see thank you i have so much respect for you too literally the (laughs) utmost respect you are such a wonderful woman i just started tearing up i'm really emotional today (laughs) oh my Um, god i love it so yeah i'm just so happy to have you so so today we're going to be talking about a bunch of different aspects i also wanted to touch on um femininity specifically as a black woman we could honestly just jump Mm. into that I feel like I had a lot Mm. of girls Mm -hmm. asking questions about wanting me to have someone on the podcast that could talk about that specific intersection within femininity and talking about you know your journey of finding femininity what that looked like for you coming into that in an authentic space and then we also I've seen Mm. I've heard from my black girlfriends that there is this difficulty within femininity because there's this patriarchal, not real femininity that's very like submissive and putting people down and, you know, like 
enslavement of the woman. And sometimes we see that kind of pushed onto black women. And then we also see, on the other hand, Mm. this hyper-independence pushed onto black women and this, you know, Mm -hmm. not having any help and that kind of being pushed onto black women when they don't want that and don't deserve it. And so I feel that Mm. there's so much room to talk about finding authentic femininity that feels good and feels nourishing and feels authentic to you that feels special and sacred as a woman Mm. as a black woman so we could just start there if you want to if you're comfortable with that yeah yeah of course I mean I hear you and I think it's something that like we as you know black women really we we deal with on a day-to-day basis in different ways right Mm -hmm. um I think for me my introduction to femininity before I even knew like it was femininity, right? Growing yeah. up was via my mom, mm-hmm. um, who was just like the epitome of class and grace <laughs> and tact, like mm-hmm. in a way that like sometimes I look at her and I'm like, "Would you like me to step in? I would love <laughs> to handle." <it." laughs> you know, like I would mm-hmm. love to handle this, right? Mm-hmm. So that was kind of my introduction. Um, to femininity and just watching her exist in that way and what I would say is that by watching her my understanding of femininity from a very early standpoint was really just holding space for yourself Um, it wasn't wearing pink it wasn't wearing makeup it wasn't wearing your hair a certain way it was creating and holding space for yourself and Mm. then by extension creating and holding space for the people that you love Mm -hmm. and making sure that that space is nurturing and safe and loving and peaceful and then very much taking the responsibility on yourself to set the tone for that space Mm -hmm. um that was like the first introduction to femininity that i saw right Mm -hmm. and then also there's an element to femininity um that is And it's funny because this is like something that's often tied to masculinity. Mm. Um, But there's something about femininity that is like inviolable, which means Mm. like it's there's a certain level of control there Mm -hmm. that I think femininity doesn't get enough credit for. So that Mm -hmm. means that like Mm -hmm. no matter what's happening around me, right, Mm -hmm. femininity enables me to hold a certain level of peace control tone um the calming force in the Mm -hmm. situation Mm -hmm. but then also like if need be i'm also the one that like can step up to the plate and say you know the that's where the mother cub comes Mm -hmm. from right like look at a lioness when someone threatens her cubs right Mm -hmm. so there is a fierceness that's um that's very much central to femininity but when it comes to black women it's almost like this has been something that's been made to look like no this is masculinity when Mm. it's actually very much not yeah absolutely Um, and that trope of the angry black woman exactly Mm -hmm. exactly the trope of the angry black woman as well has been so limiting when it's Mm -hmm. like that feminine anger that feminine wrath yeah (laughs) is that feminine rage like that is that is not a masculine thing at Mm -hmm. all like Mm -hmm. a woman's anger and a man's anger feminine anger and masculine anger are completely different yeah absolutely completely different yeah right so it's like 
it's just been it's just been a, a like a, a misalignment and a misunderstanding of things that causes black women to be put in different boxes that are incredibly limiting yeah absolutely you know even with femininity there is leadership within femininity there's protection within femininity yes. there's all mm-hmm. of these things mm-hmm. that we you know, sometimes people get freaked out when you say that. And they're like, no, 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 that's Mm -hmm. masculine. Mm -hmm. And it's really, there's a different way of embodying these qualities in your femininity. But they're, you know, these are all human Mm -hmm. qualities, but we provide them and we embody them in these different ways. I was talking the other day Mm -hmm. with, um, with my friend and I was saying, you know, I was talking about nourishment and nourishing others. And there's this There's this thing online right now. I actually think you were talking about it on TikTok the other day where people are, women are getting very uncomfortable giving in a certain way, right? Because we want to receive, we want to receive. And when a woman Mm -hmm. gives, when she does acts of service, when she provides something, for example, I saw you talking on TikTok, making the lunch for the husband, right? That's like a physical, Mm -hmm. I'm providing, Mm -hmm. I'm giving, it is an act of service for you. I'm not Mm -hmm. receiving, Mm -hmm. I'm giving here. But that can be done Mm -hmm. absolutely, first of all, in a healthy way, and then in a sacred way, and then in a feminine way. Yes. And I was talking with my friend about how, you know, the other day, so funny, but my dad, I didn't want to do my taxes. I was so cranky and I just came home to my parents for a week before I go on to Peru next week. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so I was here and I was like, oh, dad, like I don't want to do my taxes. And he was like, send me the information. I'll do all of your taxes. So I was like, okay. And then I Mm -hmm. I was like, thank you, whatever. And um, that felt really good. And that was, you know, that providing in that moment. But then I was like, how can I provide something back outside of just my energy, which sometimes you just provide your energy or you just, you know, embody your energy and it's just, um, you know, radiant and feminine. But there's other times where you Mm -hmm. actually want to give something back. There's a difference between Mm. masculine giving and feminine giving. And so masculine Mm. giving is like my father. I will handle your taxes if you want me to. I will take care of Mm -hmm. these more dense things. And then for me, I'm like, how can I give in a way that feels feminine and that feels good? And I'm still offering you something in this reciprocal energy exchange. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, oh, well, I, he loves bread. I'll bake him any bread that he wants. So I said, Dad, what bread do you want? I'll make you focaccia or I'll make you any bread you want. He wanted to focaccia. And so I feel like mm-hmm. there's this misunderstanding lately with femininity that it's this very selfish kind of self-centered thing that is, you know, just one dimensional and you can embody all of these different characteristics your rage your protection like that mother cub you can embody giving providing something but it's the energy Mm -hmm. in which you do it and the way in which you stand with uh within your own self and within your your essence so so absolutely that was a little a little bit of a um a different thought, but it really <laughs> goes into what you're saying, which is that there's these different aspects of femininity that people are not grasping. And as a result, they yeah. are pushing them away. For example, that angry black woman trope. And then, you know, black women may say, I need to constantly be calm and sweet. I can never speak up for mm-hmm. myself. I can never set a boundary because yeah. I'm afraid to be viewed in that way. But the reclamation Mm. of your voice and your boundaries and your anger in some ways can be extremely healing and feminine. 
So I love everything you yes. said. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love 100%. everything you said. A hundred percent. And I also. And I think. Oh, no, you go. Go ahead. Sorry. No, you go. You go. <laughs> I feel like we always have this thing because we're like on the same wavelength. So we want to talk at the same exact time. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think like that's such an important point to make, right? Yeah. It's like that fear of setting a boundary because you don't want to be branded as yeah. angry. Yeah. Um, and I and what's helped me with that is that there's a sureness to femininity, right? Mm. There's like mm-hmm. there's an element of sureness and there's an element of like like an unapologetic element yes. to it as well. Yes. And that's part of surrender, actually, in my mm. journey is the surrender of there are some people who are going to read like my monotone affect and sort of um, aloof vibe and be like, oh, that girl's a B-I-T-C-H, right? <laughs> and surrender says like, that's fine. Yeah. Like those just aren't my people, right? Because it's, yeah. I mean, I can't, mm-hmm. I, I've done the whole like trying to be yeah. bubbly and trying yeah. to be someone that I'm not mm-hmm. and it just doesn't work well femininity and I think is once I surrendered yeah yeah once I surrendered the right people started like just gra- like like I couldn't even yeah. it wasn't even something that I was trying it's just that surrender and you let go of that you find that the right people start to come to you yeah and and femininity absolutely is literally owning who you are like I'm monotone Sorry, that's me. I'm 100%. not. I'm happy Sorry. with that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, so good with it. yeah, I'm and so like, good with it. Like, yeah, like you said, there's a, a sureness about femininity, even with boundaries, right? There's a, mm-hmm. oh no, I'm not interested. Sorry, no, that's not gonna fly here. Bye. Like there's, right. there's, right. you know, a sureness about yourself and a centeredness, and even in relationship when. In relationship with your partner with your husband whatever femininity staying centered in your femininity even within arguments actually a lot of times Mm. looks like setting those boundaries because you're the one who usually has a very centered sense of self of course you want a partner who has a centered sense of self as well but a sureness Mm. about your what you're willing to deal with right and that breeds respect so when your partner is like frustrated and you're like wait i'm not you need to gather yourself and come back because that's what's required to engage in this conversation i love you and there's a you know Mm -hmm. a warmth about that i love you and you know but to talk to me about this you have to be calm you have to be centered and i love you so Mm -hmm. i really want to talk about this come back in 20 minutes in an hour whatever it is but that is femininity and a lot of times that's totally this is the problem is that people are not integrated in that fullness and so people are trying to put on this suit of femininity that is I'm I am soft I am this I am that femininity Mm -hmm. is owning Mm -hmm. all of who you really are and reconnecting to who you really are so yeah everything you said 100% you have any more thoughts on that I love that you touched on that (laughs) no I mean I love that you touched on that last bit about like setting that boundary even in conflict yeah so I think the funny thing is men get this, you know, rap for being so rational. Yes. It's so calm. <laughs> but here's the thing. A man, when he's, like, really in love with you, right? Yeah. Like, madly in love with you, yeah. all of that goes out the window. Yeah. And if there's one person who can make him, like, oh, you know, yeah. just, like, 
really just revved up and emotional is yeah. the woman that he loves yeah right? absolutely and so in that conflict it's often you as the feminine being like okay don't give me don't give me too much just yeah relax yeah take a deep <laughs> breath yeah absolutely <laughs> I want to just jump into this question because I, when you were talking before, I wanted to ask you, what does nourishing or nurturing your partner or a man look like to you? And I think there's so much stigma around that. And like you said in your TikTok mm-hmm. video, and I think that's, there's a real reason for that. We have a lot of wounds in that area as women because We've been forced to do all of these things for a really long time with no respect and um, Mm. just a a total uh, degradation of the feminine. And so these things Mm. that we naturally want to do have been so disrespected that now we're like, I don't want to do them. And if you do it, then you're pressing yourself. But what we need to understand now is that when you can actually come into yourself, trust yourself, and choose a wonderful partner, and then show up in the truth of who you are, the way that you want to give, the way that you want to love, and be loved the way that you want to be loved, that's actually Mm. the healing that needs to happen. It's not swinging to the other side of the pendulum with, oh, you know, before we were disrespected with this, so now I'm going to never do it. Well, your heart wants to. Your heart wants to show up and love your partner fully. So, you know, closing your heart down isn't liberating, you know? And Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. I think that there's definitely, I think we need to talk about how to healthily nourish our partners, how we do that, and yeah, what that looks Mm -hmm. like for you. So thoughts on that? 100%. Yeah. I mean, I think it's two things, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) The first thing is there has to be a level of conviction before you even enter into a committed relationship with a man. Mm -hmm. And that conviction is whatever your process is, right? As a person of faith, my conviction comes from I've prayed about it. I've sought God about it, and I have a conviction that this is someone who I'm meant to be with. Mm. Once you have a conviction, then it 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 allows you to give freely, Mm. because you're not you don't have that fear, Mm. right? You don't have that fear of oh, am I being taken advantage of? Is Mm. he appreciating this? Is he going to break my heart? Is he this? Is he that? Because you have this conviction. Mm-hmm. And it a conviction isn't a guarantee, right? So I don't yeah. want anyone to hear me and think that I'm saying a conviction is a guarantee. A conviction is this is someone I'm meant to be with right now. Time will tell if you guys ultimately end up being together forever. But mm-hmm. the conviction is this is a relationship that I'm meant to be in, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Understanding that not every relationship is a forever relationship. Some mm-hmm. relationships come for the purpose of transformation, edification, mm-hmm. um, a cutting or um, like uh, the the term that I'm familiar with having been brought up in a certain faith is the circumcision of the heart, mm-hmm. which is the removal of, you know, all those mm-hmm. things in your heart like bitterness, anger, resentment, entitlement, Beautiful. like all these things in your heart that need to be cut away that's a beautiful term so that 
Yeah. So that's one part of it. Right. Mm -hmm. That's one part of it is that conviction. But then the second part of it is once you have the conviction, then you need to do as a woman before you even start dating. Right. There's a lot of (laughs) because they you listen. (laughs) I always get back. (laughs) People treat it like a NASCAR pit stop and you're doing everything on the go. No, before Mm -hmm. you even start dating, take some time and think. What are the things that I can freely do for someone at any Mm -hmm. given point in the relationship Mm -hmm. and not feel like something has been taken from me? Mm -hmm. Because that's the tension is you're giving, but you're giving in an environment where you feel like something's being taken from you. Mm -hmm. And that's where the 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 issue lies. So for me, when I was single, I did the work and I said, you know, Cooking for someone, for example, is very much an intimate act for me. Mm-hmm. And even now, I'm 32 years old, I've only cooked for two people out of everyone that I've gotten to know. Mm-hmm. So cooking is an intimate act for me. That means that if we've been on three dates and you've not made a commitment to me and you've not voiced any real lasting intentions with, with me and you ask me to cook for you, that's going to be an issue. Yeah, it's not, absolutely. you know, that's not going to be something that I'm going to, going to do for you, no matter how mm-hmm. much I like you, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. And these standards and boundaries need to be consistent across the board for men that you are crazy about and for men that you're a little bit more lukewarm about. And then you make those boundaries according to which actions trigger whatever level of vulnerability, giving of yourself, you make those decisions before you start dating so that you have a plan. So for me, it's like in the relationship where I feel loved and cherished and valued, like I love to cook, you know, for like, I'm very much like a um, affectionate person, which people are shocked Mm -hmm. by because I'm so aloof. But that's also (laughs) part of the the femininity is that Mm -hmm. not everybody gets that warmth. Yeah, absolutely. Not everybody gets that, that, that um immediate like familiarity yeah but if you have a conviction and you trust whatever your process is you you trust yourself to make good decisions then it takes a lot of like the burden off of you when you're doing these things Mm -hmm. and then you can give freely not with the expectation because this is what happens it becomes manipulation Mm -hmm. and i tweeted this and they tried to drag me (laughs) by (laughs) they tried tried to drag me i mean for days they Mm -hmm. were dragging me yeah because i said if you Mm -hmm. if a man has told you that he doesn't want a relationship and you proceed to play the girlfriend role ma'am you are a manipulator that is manipulation Mm -hmm. And you need to have a seat. Mm. So if you're doing these things, Mm. the reason why you feel taken from is because you are coming from a manipulative space and it didn't work. Yeah, absolutely. You are coming from a space where you wanted a relationship, a ring, whatever it was, and it didn't work. And that's that's on that's where accountability comes in is like taking accountability for your own process and decision making. Yeah, absolutely. Is 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 so important. Being able to say, I decided to do this. I decided to do this. And being someone I decided a long time ago for myself, I want to be someone who makes decisions. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's so central to it. Yeah, I feel like this even has to do with, you know, I've had clients of mine when I'm talking about, we're talking about intimacy and when to be intimate, right? So for me, my recommendation always is when you are 
already committed to like sometime after that once you're in a relationship or marriage if that's what you want so either one of those mm-hmm. are is like mm-hmm. the golden rule <laughs> but right. I have people say you know well it's you know I've I you know I know people and they've had sex on the first date and they've gotten into a relationship and I'm like well it's not about that it's not about manipulating him into a relationship or seeing how far you can go and abandon yourself and still get into a relationship it's about this is what I need to feel safe this is what I need to nourish my heart this is what I need it's not about trying to get him it's not the prize isn't the relationship it's not if I hold out until marriage or if I hold out until a relationship or if I have sex the first date then maybe I'll get him because the prize isn't him it's about you keeping your safety and your sense of self and feeling good so what can you give without feeling resentful without feeling taken advantage of right so it's about what do I need to feel safe and that's kind of all of that but I think it's such an important conversation because so much of it actually this is a great segue into the other thing I wanted to talk to you about which was the relationship the marriage all that being on a pedestal and you know Mm. so much of the way that we view boundaries a lot of times women aren't understanding I think when you or I talk about you know, boundaries, keeping yourself safe, whatever, because they're like, well, I cannot do that and still get in a relationship. Well, the relationship isn't the prize. And also many people are in relationships and they suck. So, (laughs) you know, that's not what we're going for. We're going for you feeling (laughs) fulfilled, loved, so cared for, you know, and all of that. So you tweeted the other day and I loved it. You were talking about Um, not putting the marriage on the pedestal because if you actually were, you are only putting the wedding on the pedestal when you are thinking of it in this manner because what you really are ignoring is the fact that you need a strong union if you actually want to be happy. So take the wedding off the pedestal and, you know, recenter. So I would love for you to elaborate on that because I love that point so much. It's so important. And like what you were saying about people who say, well, I know so-and-so who, Mm -hmm. you know, slept with someone on the first date and then, you know, they ended up in a relationship and maybe got married or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's because, and here was an important mindset shift for me. There's a saying that says the ends justify the means, right? And that's what that thought process is. It's like, Mm -hmm. Well, she got a certain outcome, and so that means that the means are justified. My stance is that the means must justify the ends, Mm. Mm. which says that the way that you get something, how you get it, Mm. is almost more important than what you get. Yeah. Because the way that you get it, how you get it, is going to dictate how you maintain that thing. Mm right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and people don't think about maintenance which is the underlying the underlying thesis behind what I tweeted is if you're thinking wedding and that's the finish line for you then yeah the means justify the ends and whatever crazy stuff you have to do (laughs) from one night stands to threesomes Mm. so long as you get the wedding you feel the means just the ends justify the means Mm. But if you think about this by, no, the means have to justify the ends because I'm not just thinking wedding, I'm thinking marriage. How is this relationship going to sustain? If I build this relationship on a foundation of a lack of boundaries, lack of standards, lack of requirements, um, 
in a way that probably is going to attract someone who has a lack of sexual discipline as well, Mm -hmm. then how is that? How are you going to have to sustain that relationship? If in a Mm -hmm. dating scenario and listen, because Victoria, I am so tired. If you like threesomes and that mm-hmm. makes you feel whole and, and wonderful and great, I'm mm-hmm. not talking to you. <laughs> Do it. You know, like more power to you. Mm-hmm. I'm talking to women who feel, because, you know, you have yeah. to say it now, right? Yeah, and it's, I'm talking we're talking to, women to who, monogamous girlies, committed girlies, marriage-minded exactly. girlies. Exactly. Like, <laughs> exactly. Right, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Listen, because <laughs> listen, I'm not, I'm not talking to you. I'm not talking to you. (laughs) Okay. So, Mm -hmm. you know, more power to you. Mm -hmm. If this is something that makes you feel cheapened and, you know, Mm -hmm. undesired and undesirable and like not respected and all these kind of things, Mm -hmm. the means have to justify the ends. Yeah. That's an important mindset shift that you should have. So that's why I'm saying like, and I think I said this either in a TikTok or a tweet, like I'm sick and tired of people flashing an engagement ring and then saying the most asinine thing I've ever heard. Yeah. But because they said, well, you know, here mm-hmm. I am with my ring, like mm-hmm. terrible advice. Yeah. Take yourself out of that way of thinking. Take yourself yeah. out of that way of like, so long as I get the relationship, so long as I get the ring, so long as I get the wedding. No. Mm-hmm. Think about what happens after everyone's gone home. Mm-hmm. The photographers have left. The videographers have left. And now it's just you and this man and the foundation that you guys have built. Think of yourself in 20 years after the wedding. I tell girls to think about this. Think about when you are 50 years old and... All this, you know, getting the man glitz and glamour is not cute anymore. And your kids have left the house. And you're you're Mm -hmm. just sitting face to face with this man that you chose 30 Mm -hmm. years ago or 20 years ago. And you're miserable. Think like we have to think about that. Because to be honest, that's the reality for a lot of women. And Mm -hmm. we now have the ability to really vet and choose the man that we are going to be with. And I think that's our responsibility as women and to no longer be in the same position as a lot of our great grandmothers or grandmothers. I know my grandmother, you know, came from Cuba and she was in a marriage that was terrible for her but there was no other option she was married young she came to this country by herself with her husband and you know when she tried to leave she was trapped into it through legal action and that is the reality for a lot of the women who came before us I see a lot of women right now a lot of my girlfriends from childhood a lot of their parents are getting divorced because the exact situation I just said, which is once the kids are gone and they're done with college, you have to sit with the fact that you chose a man and you have stuck by him for the last 30 years that you didn't, that you didn't actually feel loved by and you didn't actually feel head over heels for and he didn't feel that for you either. And for the last 30 years, you've been sad and you've been avoiding your life through your kids or through these other things. So we have to really take this wedding off the pedestal and think about can this man love me well when I'm 70 (laughs) like that's important Mm -hmm. yeah 100% and and that's not that's not something that you can you can't compromise in the beginning and expect to be able to get that that's something that requires the the vast amount the majority of the work on the back end yeah Yeah, I feel like, um, you know, you talked about being 
intentionally your your term is intentionally single right mm-hmm. intentionally mm-hmm. single for five years I've been using that term now as well and I was and celibate as well for those five years and I was intention I was intentionally single as well and celibate for two years and mm-hmm. I think that a lot of this the ability to hold that understanding within your body and to apply it within your relationships is the ability to stand on your own so mm-hmm. how do you think that those five years have kind of impacted you and allowed you to take the wedding off the pedestal and really hold the relationships in your life to a high standard? A hundred percent. I mean, I've been I've been practicing celibacy for like longer than anyone really wants to know. So it that celibacy <laughs> journey didn't <laughs> that celibacy journey didn't even end at the five year mark because okay. for me, like sex was just not on the table while Mm. like dating Mm. like it just like the idea that like you know it just wasn't on the table it's such a sacred thing for me and it it just it wasn't something that I felt and I always talk about it this way it's like because people assume oh it's because you grew up in the Christian church it's purity culture I'm like no I actually I actually left the church when I was 18 Um, and when I left the church, like three or four years later, God found me. Right. Mm. So now I have a relationship with God that's very intimate and very Mm. close and exists separate from Mm. any sort of institution. Yeah. Um, but I left the church and even after I left the church at 18, I was practicing celibacy, Mm. not because of any religion, but just because like, I just looked around and I was like, who deserves to <laughs> to have this level of int- like I don't see yeah. anyone around me yeah. who deserves that level of intimacy and that's just how I've always thought about it is like mm. who here deserves that who here has earned that yeah and I think I just have always and I think part of it is my upbringing as well I put myself on a level that's like I'm sacred and valuable and irreplaceable and you don't because you took me out to dinner yeah. four yeah. or five times like yeah that's just how I've always thought about it. But what the five years of intentional singleness, what I mean is like, I did not give my number out. I didn't go on any dates. I didn't mm-hmm. do any of that, right? Mm-hmm. What that did is allowed me to figure out who's Fumi. Mm. What's my purpose for being on this in this world? What's Why did God bring me to planet Earth? Mm-hmm. That's what that five-year period was really about is setting that foundation because that you have to know what your purpose is this is my belief you have to know what your calling vocation Mm -hmm. purpose whatever you want to call it right you have to know what that is before you can get into a long-term committed relationship Mm -hmm. because another part of it is why you see people divorcing when their children leave the house is they don't have purpose or calling in common Mm. And so what's keeping them together is those are those responsibilities to the children that they have, to the marriage that they've built. But when you have two people who come together based on their life calling, their purpose, Mm. right, 
even in seasons, because we understand that life is seasonal, even in seasons where maybe the love's not as burnt, not burning as bright, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. even through those cold winters, that connection over calling over purpose Mm. is what's going to sustain you. Mm. And that's where you see true oneness is that this is not just, oh, she's hot and he's got money. No, this is like, These are two souls in partnership working towards a goal. And it doesn't have to be that you have the same purpose exactly, but there should be compatibility to where something that you bring to the table or have to to offer enriches him in his walk and something that he has to offer enriches you in your walk. Yeah. Yeah, I also think a lot of that has to do with respect too. Like... I respect his purpose, even if it's different than mine. Like I have a deep respect for it and I respect the way that he shows up and serves and his values. So I think it has that, you know, goes alongside that respect. Like when, you know, Mm -hmm. the, like you said, the love's not as bright and the winters are cold. I still respect this man and I respect the way he shows up. I respect his purpose and I respect his soul's work on this planet. Mm. you know a hundred percent a hundred percent yeah I feel like that's so huge and also I wanted to say that a lot of people they say they'll push back when I say because I was when I was doing my celibacy I also did the I didn't give out my number I also took like a I did like a fast from friends honestly as well from all interaction from male interaction I didn't date I didn't give out my number I didn't interact with men but I also did that with girls because I was noticing Mm. I need to find myself and I don't really feel super aligned with the friendships I have around me I need to find Mm. out who is Victoria outside of hanging out with this girl and doing that and you know giving my number to this guy like who am I outside of that and a lot of times I will tell this to people and they'll say you know well I'm so afraid that in those two years, I will get older and then I won't find this man or I will miss out on the man that's meant for me because I'm intentionally not dating or I will, you know, whatever it is, basically just this like lack or scarcity or fear-based mindset. So what would you say to that? Or do you have anything to speak on in that kind of framework with that, that fear of if I take this time to myself, what if I miss out? Yeah. So, I mean, that's the importance of, um, and this is like, I don't know why all these like spiritual terms are coming to me, but they just (laughs) capture it so perfectly. Mm -hmm. So what I always say, and this is one of my frustrations with the church sometimes is someone Mm -hmm. will get a personal instruction or revelation from God, right? Mm -hmm. Which is called rhema. A personal instruction or revelation from God is called rhema, the spoken word of God, the utterance of God. And then what they do is they now try to make that doctrine, which Mm. is like basic tenets of the faith, right? Yeah. So you got this instruction and now you're trying to make that doctrine. And that is so like harmful. Okay. So harmful. Mm. So the five years was my, was my rhema. 
The two years was your Rama. So now your journey is to go and plug into wherever you plug into and say, what does my journey require? How much time? It may be three months. It may be six months. It may be two years. It may be four years. But the peace in that season for me, where people are like, how did you do it? It, it the five years flew by. Like I didn't mm. even, by the time, like yeah. by the time I was, it was time for me to start dating again. It was very much like, really, are you sure? Like it yeah. wasn't something that I was like jonesing to do. Right. Yeah. That peace in that season comes from a conviction that this, this has been revealed to me as part of my journey. Yeah. And I'm absolutely. sure that was the same for you is yeah. you didn't even have those thoughts of what if I miss him? Yeah. There's a conviction that comes. He's actually waiting for me on the other side of this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. you need to do the work to get a conviction and a revelation for yourself. Yeah. And honestly, I, yeah, I want to say as well that when you if you receive that and you commit to it, because the next part is committing to it. And when you commit to it, you have to walk in faith knowing that you were given this path for a reason and that on the other side is what is in alignment with you. And so if you didn't walk in that faith, if you didn't continue uh, integrating that download that you had received, if you didn't integrate that, you would never get yes. where you're actually supposed to go and you'd never get with the man that's actually meant for you and you'd stay stuck in this space with the men that might resonate with you now. And um, exactly. and something, yeah, something that I do, I did with my clients in December because I take clients in a three-month container and it was interesting mm. because at the end, we were talking about their plan for the next year and all of my clients had a different plan because what they had received through the program was different based on all of them. So for example, I remember, and it felt right for me too. I I was like, that feels like what's right for you. I remember I had Mm -hmm. one client, she graduated in December and she was going to start dating right away. And I was like, I agree. You receive that and Mm -hmm. you feel ready Mm -hmm. and that is your path. And then another client was like, I need to be single for the next year. I need to be intentionally single Mm -hmm. for the next year. I had another client who was taking three months. They were all separate, eight months, a year, two years, you know, now. And it was so interesting to watch exactly. I hadn't had the language to put that into Mm -hmm. words, but it's exactly what you Mm -hmm. said, which is that as you start trusting yourself more, which is really what you're talking about is giving and what my program does. And, and I feel what we both do is giving women the ability to trust themselves to then make these Mm -hmm. decisions for themselves. So what do I need? Only I can know that, but I have to be tuned into myself and I have to have created that space to the place where I trust myself. And then from that space, I can receive that download and decide what's my path. Am I getting mm. married tomorrow or am I going to be single mm. for the next three years? Like, you know, it's so, yeah. yeah, it's so individual. And you need that. You need that because, I mean, listen, let me not like paint a, a picture for you that's not accurate. Like when I got done that five 
<laughs> so before the five years, I was in a relationship for about three years in undergrad. Mm-hmm. And he was great. I'll never have anything negative to say about him. Mm-hmm. Um, left that relationship because that's what I felt called to do. And then mm-hmm. embarked on this um, five-year journey. Mm-hmm. The first, like, how, how do I even count it? The first two or three guys <laughs> I met, complete knuckleheads. Like complete, they were like, they were like the reality check that I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They were the reality check that, like, hold on, wait, let Mm -hmm. me, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, that like, that like slap in the face that's like, like clarity, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. it wasn't like, so I mean, if I didn't have a conviction about those five years, that would have put me on a spiral of like, oh my gosh, what have I been doing? Now I'm 27, like yeah. getting into the dating pool. Like mm. I've, I've ruined my life. I've done this, I've done that. You need that conviction for yourself mm. because what might come out of it is not Prince Charming right away. You know, that's okay? important. Yeah, because <laughs> yes. I had the same experience. I had the same exact experience. Yeah. I never talked about it because I just was like, I didn't even really think about it. But as when I was ready, because at a certain point I knew I'm ready to step back into mm. dating. I opened mm. myself back mm. up. The first guy was such a knucklehead. Same thing. And I was oh like, my God. oh my God, what is this? But... What it allowed me to do was that I realized was in those two years of celibacy, I was really forming my sense of self and my connection with myself, Mm. my purpose, my connection with God, like my sovereignty as an individual. But then I was like, Mm. I really need to make sure I know how to date. And that's a little bit different. A little bit different, right? And It's It's a lot, yeah. Yeah. And, and people, you know, sometimes they'll go on the celibacy journey and then, or in the intentional singleness journey. And then they'll say like, you know, but I, I got into dating and I'm still, I love myself. So I'm like rejecting these things, but I'm still interacting or I don't know, is this, am I supposed to tolerate this? Like, and they, they have a connection with themselves. They just don't know, you know, how to date necessarily. And so for me, that was a big wake up call. I was like, oh, that was about a year and a half into my celibacy. And then I was celibate for still like six months after that. And, um, and I was like, oh, you know, I just need to really check in with myself and make sure I'm clear on how to date. And I think that's an important, you know, little caveat as well. Right. And I think, you know, dating, you said you dated kind of for experience. Was that kind of what you were doing in that time? Because I experienced a similar thing as well. Yes, in that time, I mean, Victoria, <laughs> I haven't even told this story. I, I never told, told that one like, either. I, tell, I haven't even really told this story in like its entirety. But like when I tell you the first, especially that first two, those first two guys that I met, yeah, I relate. Like, just, oh my god! I mean, it was like comedic. Like yeah, I was no, like, yeah. what's go? Like what's going on here? Oh yeah, right. No. Like. So that's when I started just dating for experience. Mm. I was like, I need to know. I need to know what I'm doing here. Because Mm -hmm. the way that my first relationship happened didn't require dating from me. It was, it just had come together. Mm -hmm. Um, And he was just always so sure from the beginning. So it didn't require anything from me. Yes. Um, There was no real vetting. There was no real, you know, there was no real process. Yes. But these first two guys, Victoria, gave me a reality check. Like, I oh was like, gosh. oh, 
was like, ooh. I had the same thing. Bro, you have to tell a story. What story did you not tell? I need to hear just like a tiny bit. Girl, I just, I mean, it was like, I'll tell the first guy. Like, he like, I had met him. I had done everything right, Victoria. Mm -hmm. Like, I... I came back into the dating scene. I was like, you know, I'm I'm in a great place with God. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yep. I'm gonna, yeah. you know, I'm only gonna date guys. This is when, you know, and then you start putting all these rules. You're like, I'm only gonna date guys that I meet at church. Yeah. I'm only gonna date guys who this, this, mm-hmm. that. <clears throat> yep. Mm-hmm. So I had met him in church. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget, like, his antics were just a lot. Like, it was oh, like, Lord. and it was almost like, it was almost like, like a situation where you just see, like, things line up in a way that like it feels like god is literally screaming like not <laughs> him you know like, yes. not him like no yeah no yep. abort yep. mission no like i remember like he had wanted to do like go out on a date and I was kind of like, you know, kind of wanting to ease into it, wanting to talk to him a little bit more. Because I've never mm-hmm. been someone who just goes on dates cold turkey. So I like yeah. to, like, get a sense first. Yes. Um, and so we had been talking for a couple weeks. And I'm walking to the date. Mm-hmm. And I had been trying to, like, get to know a little bit about him because this is something that um, I encourage women to do. Like, ask around about the guy. Like, yeah. his reputation matters. Character yeah. is like smoke, right? Yeah. That. You want to know who this guy is. Get a mm-hmm. sense of who he is. Ask people around. Mm-hmm. 
Victoria, when I tell you, no one like knew anything about like no one could tell me anything about this guy. Mm-hmm. Like no one did. No one had any right. Like no one had any intel. So mm-hmm. I'm walking to this date. I finally like bend and I'm like, okay, let's go on this date. Mm-hmm. I'm walking to this date and I get a text from a, one of the girls that I had asked about him. Like we'll call him Jack. I'd mm-hmm. asked her about him weeks before, mm-hmm. and in all caps, I'll never forget it. In all caps, right as I'm about to walk into the date, it says no to Jack. I I stopped dead in my tracks. I was like, can she see me? Like, what? Like, I was like, I was like, can she see me? Like, like I was freaking out. Oh my god! I call my girlfriend and she's like. She's like, I can be there in 20 minutes, fake an emergency. Like, what do you want me to do? I'll, I'll head down. I'll hang out in the area, blah, blah, blah. Oh, so it was bad. Like, Long, it was, it was just no to Jack. It was so cryptic. Yeah. I was like, you know what? Like, I, like, I'm already here. I've already texted him that I'm here. Just be yeah. on standby. Yeah. Then we were out with a group of friends and I saw him at this spot that we were, that we were in. Mm-hmm. He didn't come up and say hi, and he was with a group of people, right? And it was men mm-hmm. and women in the group. Mm-hmm. And so I saw him leave. He said hi to, like, a couple of the people that I was with who also knew him from church. And I saw him leave, and I texted him, and I was like, hey, were you just here? And he was like, oh, my God, were you there? I didn't see you. Like, And it sounds so crazy yeah. and, like, dumb. But you have mm-hmm. to understand, like, I hadn't dated at all since my first relationship, which was an undergrad. Yeah. Like, I didn't know – like. And I'm just yeah. not a very suspicious person. So I was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, Victoria, <laughs> we were at, my friend was having a housewarming. And this is like a man's man. Like, he's a very, he's not like, he's like a man's man. Mm-hmm. He's, he's not very talkative. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's like a jokester. Like, he has like a really upbeat vibe and demeanor. <clears throat> okay. So my friend had asked me, not the guy, not Jack, one of my friends. Um, so we were there and my girlfriend asked me, you know, how's Jack? And literally this friend of mine, this upbeat, friendly, jovial friend of mine, he, his face goes completely solemn. He goes, is Jack trying to talk to you? And I said, yes. And he takes this deep breath. He goes, And then he's, I can't even do it. He just is sober. And he goes, please be careful. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Victoria. So you can see how God was like, oh, my, stop. Like, no, not him, right? What did you do? This was like the first guy. So then I literally turned to my girlfriend. I was like, and she was like, we'll talk about it later, right? We're not going to make a scene here. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Compose yourself. Yeah. Um, but this girl, the one who had texted me no to Jack, yeah, I finally got in touch with her and she said that she happened to be at the house of um a woman who like is a close family friend of mine. Mm. So we like grew up together. Mm-hmm. And she asked this woman, because this woman's husband knew the man who I was seeing, she knew Jack, mm-hmm. and asked this woman, like um, you know, Jack's trying to get to know Fumi and this woman cut her off and was like, absolutely not. Oh my gosh. No, absolutely not. I'm like, what did he, does he kill somebody? Like, yeah. What, what did he do? What did he do? Like, <laughs> I'm like, 
what did he do? They're like, yeah, you know, he, and this is how I knew it was true. Right. Because mm-hmm. he had told me that he had just bought a house. Oh no. And they were like, yeah, he, he's just bought a house and there's a woman in the picture who he's like taking around to go like house shopping and like, you know, all oh, this kind of no. thing. And I'm just like, wait, really? Wow. Not him having a wife, like him buying a house for girl, her. Girl. Oh. Listen, listen. So this was the first guy who I met coming out of yeah. that yeah. five. And so it, there was there was a gratitude as well that like yeah. I was in a place of surrender where there was so much hesitation on even meeting for the first time. Yeah. And then when we met for dinner, like we did dinner and then I went home, he went home. But there was so much like reservation. And there yeah, were totally. so many signs where it was just very clearly like, listen, not this guy, not yeah. this guy, not this yeah. guy, not this guy. Um, and so I came away from that situation and there was very weird behavior that followed, like showing up places. Um, Him showing up places? After the fact. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. Showing up places that like were plausible like there was plausible deniability in terms of like why he would be there but there were places that you know what i'm saying it's like yeah, places mm-hmm. that were just like you mm-hmm. don't you you know yeah totally. um, but it's the whole point of it is if i didn't have a conviction of that five-year period that's the kind yeah. of thing that can make you feel overwhelming oh an overwhelming sense of regret yes and almost feel like you've made a huge mistake yeah taking all that time especially coming out of it at 27 in your late 20s yeah i had a really similar experience that i've never talked about and it same thing through a mutual like i have to tell you because i've never said this and oh no no i honestly think (laughs) like you're gonna freak out like i was like (laughs) i actually i remember being like is what just happened like okay so let's just let me just tell you what happened so so i've been same thing i had never i was i was young when i had um been dating prior to my celibacy i went celibate and and did intentional singleness when i was 21. so prior Mm. to that i had not I was young and I didn't know, like you said, kind of dating had kind of just happened for me and it wasn't something I like knew, you know, I was in high school, like, you know, stuff like that. And it's like, you know, my, I had a four year relationship when I was in high school, but I'm 12, 11, 13, you know, it was like those kind of things just happen. So I didn't know as an adult Mm -hmm. woman, how do I have to date? Because it's a whole different thing. When I started my celibacy versus when I exited, I was in a totally different stage of my life, even just as a woman. So before it's very like, you know, kitty and you're just kind of going with the flow or whatever, but then you step out and you're like, I'm an adult woman and I need to know how to vet. I need to know how to date properly. Like there's a whole process and a whole method to this, you know? Right. So, exactly. So I didn't, I didn't know that when I had first opened myself up to dating after I was intentionally single and had really just been alone like even outside of friendship family nothing I moved to another country I was just by myself for a long time Mm -hmm. and um 
And so I, I came out of that period and I was open to dating. So, you know, we go on a couple of dates and I'm like kind of excited. And mm-hmm. I received this text from him and I was like, oh, you know, and I'm like, okay, great. You know, so I'm like, okay. And he's like, it's about to get bad. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, all right. <laughs> and he's like, but I just want to let you know that, you know, I'll never only be with one woman. And I'm like, uh-huh. yes, yes, yes. What? So I'm like, you didn't tell me you're polyamorous. Like, why didn't you tell me that? And he's like, I'm right. not. And I'm like, what do you mean uh-uh. you're, yeah. I'm like, what do you mean you're not? You're telling me right now that you'll never only be with one woman. And he's like, well, my heart is with one woman, but my body will be with others. Oh. Yes. <laughs> And I was like, I'm going to have to stop you right there. (laughs) No. Yes. Said this to me and like straight face, like thought I was going to go for that. I was like. No. Yes. I was like, are you like, what? Like, I will never lose my number. Like, (laughs) that will never happen. not be serious. And I'm like, that is such a crazy place to be like in that much of self-denial like and I was like what and he just was kept being like you know I'm not polyamorous I want to just be I want to be married but my body will be with other women I was like okay goodbye the scariest (laughs) thing about that the scariest thing about it is that for him to have the audacity to say it means that it's it hasn't been a deal breaker in the past. I know. He was, when I tell you, Fumi, he was shocked. He was shocked that it was a deal wow. breaker for me. He wow. was like, "Wow, what? Like, he was like, I don't understand. Like, why would you, right. you know? And he was just, he was so confused why I was like, you will never hear from me again. Like, don't even right. try. Right. And he was shocked right. and it was crazy. Like, yeah, he, it had definitely worked and been the norm. And he was, you know, not a 20 year old. He was like around in his late twenties or early thirties or something. Oh, so, you know, no. it's not like he was, he had never dated. Like this had worked on a lot of women. I was like, wow. Yes. Mm-mm. So that, you know, Mm-mm. just so everybody knows, you know, <laughs> even the best of us. <laughs> even and here's the, best the thing of us. too is like, and here's the thing too is I had a client ask me recently like, would you have you not had any negative um, dating experiences? And I said no, right? Mm. I was like, no, I haven't. Um, and I'm thinking about that, and I'm like. No, I haven't. I stand by that, right? Mm. And what I mean when I say no, I haven't, it means that, like, there's never been an, a scenario where I've seen something like this and stayed. Mm. Never. Yeah. That's what it would, that's what would make it negative. Mm. That's when it would be a loss, right? Yeah. Mm. And that's that. And I saw a TikTok that I stitched recently that was like, if you, you if you were happy for some time, is is that worth it? Um, if it ends badly or something like that. And I don't think I've posted it, so this is a spoiler. But <laughs> what I said was, it's worth it. It's worth it if you 
like stick to your guns and you leave that situation because then it was education right it's like your immune system every time it it comes across a new pathogen it learns Mm. so that next time you see those signs next time Mm. it sees that that you know receptor or whatever it's called we who Mm -hmm. bio people help me out whenever it sees that cell again it can recognize it and protect you from it Mm -hmm. so it's the same thing like I haven't had any negative dating experiences, not because I haven't met guys who are jokers. Yeah, of course. Like you're not, no one's immune from that, especially if you're a good looking person, you're going to attract a lot of different kinds of people, very different caliber of people, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But what makes it not negative is you learn from that. And then those signs that I saw with him and didn't know how to place Mm-hmm. Next time you see them, you can just skip that. You can just skip. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, absolutely. And then you become more efficient. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one of my one of the things that I say a lot of the times is that I've had many bad experiences. Like I've mm-hmm. been in a lot of bad situations. I've had mm-hmm. boyfriends who had threatened to kill me. I had, you know, a lot of abusive situations that I have been in and um, and even those, they helped me learn. And even those, like if you um, are in those situations, they can be the most wonderful after learning experience once you get yourself out. And the mm. quicker that you can get yourself out of those situations, then the and you can find yourself and really go on a, a period of self-discovery and connection with yourself, the quicker that you can actually start not being in those situations and taking it as a lesson. And I think the 100%. really sad thing is when it just is it's what someone deals with for the rest of their life for they get married Mm. to this person and they die with this person. And I think that that is what we want to prevent. And I think that being in really bad situations with men that I've been in, they can be really, really a learning experience. So if you have been Mm. in any bad experiences to anybody listening which I have. I've talked about this in my, in a lot of my podcasts and stuff. I I had uh you know relationships where I was sexually assaulted. I had so many crazy experiences in relationships at a really young age as well, and mm. um and all of that is part of my sacred story and can be part of your sacred story. And hopefully Mm. as you start to connect with yourself and you start to, you know, really know who you are, your purpose, as Fumi was saying, and, you know, you know you have a connection to God, you know your standards, you've done the inner work to really heal those patterns that keep you trapped in those negative cycles, then you can Mm. really, um, yeah, then you can really feel comfortable with your with your story i think that it's hard to feel comfortable with our story if we're still in that situation um even even then we can feel comfortable with it but i think it can be such a triumphant story as well like if you can you're like i've been in all these things and yet i still pulled myself out and did the work to make better decisions and to learn from them um 
100%. So yeah, and even even what you said, which was about, you know, when the next time you see those signs, you're out the door. And so even if you've been in like really abusive situations with men and even in long-term relationships, marriages, whatever, I have clients, they've been married for 10 years and they've just left the relationship and the husband was abusive. And I'm like, great. Mm. Now you know mm. what to look for. It's really just about mm. reprogramming your nervous system so that you no longer tolerate or crave it. Because that's a real big nuance yes. that we don't really talk about. And, right. you know, when you have been in a cycle of abusive relationships, there is some part of you that to will tolerate it. And there's another part of you that might crave it. That feeling like a victim, the being hurt, the ups and downs. And so now that you've experienced that, you can learn from it and do the inner work to no longer tolerate it and to no longer crave it. So I just, you know, 100%. I wanted to, yeah, I want to just say that too, because sometimes I feel like these things can feel, they can feel really heavy and like big, you know, and they can just feel so confusing. I have most of my clients when they come to me, they're just upset and confused, you know, like they're mm -hmm. just like what do I do? You know, like I've been in mm. all these relationships and everything has gone to mm. shit. Like, what do I do? And I'm just like, don't worry. There's hope. Let's mm. get it together. Mm. Let's work on ourselves. Yeah. Let's take accountability. Let's learn how to do this and let's move yeah. forward, you know? So a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah. But, um, 100%. do you have any closing thoughts or anything else that you want to bring i feel like i've this is the same i think that we were on for your podcast which i think it was like an hour and a half or something <laughs> and the yeah, time really, flew by i know i the feel like we just yeah. are on the same wavelength and so we just keep going back and yeah. forth a hundred percent no i mean i think what you said there particularly the part about like an addiction to victimhood mm. is something that's very much crippling so many women. Yeah. To where you can't even hear a message that will enrich you, empower yeah. you, benefit you, uplift you because that addiction to victimhood is so strong. Yeah. That you you're allergic to accountability yeah. and you have an inability to kind of see both sides of any issue yeah yeah and that is that's something that like needs to be top priority to work on before again before you even start the dating journey Right. Agreed. And I'm not someone who's saying that you need to be 100 percent healed to date. Yeah, a lot of healing yeah. can only take place within an intimate relationship because that's what's going to one bring a lot of things to the surface. And then that healing becomes a shared journey between you and your partner. Yeah. But there are certain things that do need to be taken care of before you can even do that work in an intimate relationship. Yeah. And the victimhood is one of them. I agree. Right. Because, like at some yeah. point it's like, yeah, at some point it's like it doesn't absolve anyone from what they've done. Right. It doesn't mm -hmm. absolve anybody from the wrong that they did to you. But at some point you need 
to step in and say, okay, here's the role that I choose to play from now on. Yeah. And victimhood will 100% rob you of that. Yeah, and I think that it's um it's something that can be so actually healing for women who have a cycle of toxic mm-hmm. or abusive relationships. And I know for myself, it was a very healing realization when I realized, like you said, that it wasn't my fault what had happened to me, but there were some things that I, I can do differently to prevent that from happening. And I was mm. in under the impression that there was nothing I could do to be with a not toxic guy, to be with a non-abusive guy, that it's just something that happens and that I can't take any action to prevent that. And once I realized, mm. wait, I can actually come into the driver's seat of my life and if I heal my nervous system, if I do the inner work, if I have boundaries, if I have standards, if I don't tolerate all these things, I will not have the same outcome. And that was like a huge realization that can be really healing. And I think, I do think it's sometimes makes people feel afraid. I have a podcast called The Politics of Victimhood where we talked about how stepping out of victimhood, like you said, doesn't mean that any of these things that have happened are your fault or that they're not painful. And I think that a lot of times when people, you know, step out of that victimhood space, they feel like they have to have no emotions towards what happened or disown what happened. And it's like, no, all of that can be really freaking hurtful, even though you can see your part in choosing it. It totally hurt Mm -hmm. and it was painful and it wasn't right and it was wrong. And now in the future, you can choose different and make different choices and you can have different results. And holding Mm. that and creating that safe space for women to come to those realizations, I think is so important because it is difficult. At the end of the day, there's so many men out there who will take advantage of a woman. And there's also so many men out there who won't and who are amazing men. So, but it does, I think for women, before we learn these things, before we're initiated into this sense of wholeness, it feels like they're mm-hmm. just everywhere, you know? And you have to initiate yourself into that that space of wholeness so you can start resonating yeah. with the people who are not that anymore, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's a level of of forgiveness of self as well that's yeah that's required right like on a much smaller scale like even coming out of that situation where you know you've been you know that that feeling of that feeling of being stupid or feeling stupid Mm. right where Mm. it's like you find out that this guy that you have been talking to has like a girlfriend that yeah. he's like taking house shopping <laughs> or, or like taking like, shopping or whatever or mm-hmm. whatever like house shopping yeah and then also telling you like oh i bought this house i would love you to help like make it a home right oh like, my gosh that that feeling of like yeah. naivety and feeling stupid right yeah i got to a point and this is this was something that I'd never had to do, right? Because like we said, like dating was just kind of like automatic in, in college. Um, mm-hmm. um, or the relationship just kind of happened in an automatic way. Like I never had to develop a process for not like creating a barrier within myself where I didn't internalize certain things. Mm, yeah. And the flip side of it is if you if you don't internalize the bad, to really get good at not internalizing the bad, you also sh- cannot internalize the good. Yeah. 
Yes. And this is something people don't understand is like, how do you deal with all the hate online? Because I don't care what people say. I don't care if you tell me that my makeup looks terrible. I also don't care if you tell me that it looks amazing because I decided it looked amazing. Yes. So whether you come with a compliment or Mm -hmm. an insult, it's neutral. And what matters is what does Fumi think about her makeup today? Yes. I appreciate the support, right? When you guys say, you know, the content is helping me and I love it, I love it, I love it. But it doesn't move the needle for me. Yeah. At all. And it also doesn't move the needle for me when I get a thousand comments that are telling me I'm an idiot and I'm going to die alone. That also doesn't move the the needle for me. Yeah. So it's like people don't understand that it's not about insulating yourself to where you don't internalize negative. You have to be self-validating. Mm-hmm. 100 percent 360 all the way around yes yeah that doesn't mean you can't enjoy a compliment doesn't mean you can't like that's not what i'm saying right Mm -hmm. i'm saying you have to have a sense of self where the external doesn't move the needle yeah and that's how you can date and have all these experiences and not feel like oh is it something about me was it something about me that made him think no i'm just a hottie and he decided to ask me that that's just what I'm a very yeah. beautiful woman and he 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 shot his shot. That's just yeah. what it it's not like oh did he, you know, do, do you have like almost this internalization of like why does this keep happening to me and then you start to feel like maybe there's a part of you that deserves it or maybe there's a part of you that brings this on. No. Yeah. You're a beautiful girl. <laughs> yeah. People yeah. like nice things. Yeah. And that's where it starts and ends. So yeah. the accountability is not about changing who I am so that you know busters aren't attracted to me anymore busters are still going to be attracted to you it's just about changing your process to where you can identify that before it becomes a full-blown issue yes and you know I first of all I love everything you said I have two points but first of all the attraction (laughs) I always say this men are going to be attracted to women so don't be focused on, oh my God, am I attracting this guy who's lo-? like, if I had come out of my celibacy and been like, or come out of my intentional singleness and been like, oh my God, this guy, oh my God, is this something about me? No, that's something about him. You got problems. You can't even admit mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. that you're polyamorous and you're trying to coerce me into this. Please get out of my face. Like this has <laughs> nothing to do with me. And those types mm-hmm. of men are going to be attracted to you no matter what. Men are attracted no to women. What. It doesn't matter. Yep. It's about what is your barrier to entry. That's that's really what it exactly. is. So they're going to be attracted. Exactly. When I was celibate, there were men who were attracted to me that were sliding in my DMs, whatever. There was good men. There was, you know, clear, clear busters, right? And I'm like, that's not my business. <laughs> like, that's, that's them yep. because they're attracted to me. They want to date me. 100%. That's fine. Yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. I feel like it's just about, you know, um, like you said, the other part was that's such a uh, – really deep like spiritual practice and teaching which is you know not what I feel about myself and my connection to God and my faith that's what keeps me centered the praise the accolades and the bullying or the negativity none of that has anything to do with me if I know I'm in my purpose Mm -hmm. and I'm clear about what I'm doing so when I express something if there's a bunch of uproar or if everyone's like oh my god you're amazing that's wonderful you like you said you can appreciate it but it's it doesn't change anything you're still doing you and it's all coming from Mm -hmm. within and I think that's why Mm -hmm. 
I agree, absolutely. I think that's such an important nuance and I hadn't thought of that with dating. It's so important to be self-sourced and self-validated, especially, especially for my ladies who have been in abusive relationships or toxic Mm. relationships, especially for these, you know, me as well, like those types of ladies who have been in those situations, it's so important to learn how to become self-sourced, self-validated, completely secure and confident on your own. Then from that space, everything changes because you change. The life around you isn't changing. It's, you know, everything's the same, but Mm -hmm. what you're resonating with, what you're allowing in, your barrier to entry, it's all different. So it's really about how you're showing up. But, but yeah, I love everything you said. Exactly. (laughs) <laughs> thank you I love that because it's like I mean how many like Harvard's acceptance rate is like maybe 10% less than 10% mm-hmm. which means 90% of the people who try to get in yeah are not getting you know like are not yeah. qualified so it's yes. like just because you know dusties are approaching you doesn't mean yes. that like like that's what you deserve it just people are going to throw Hail Marys yes that's so like, true like just because somebody who has let's say a 1.5 GPA and applies to Harvard, they're not going in, but they want to go to Harvard. Har- it's Harvard's yeah, responsibility not... to say no. <laughs> you know? yeah. It's not yeah. that And Harvard's not going to look at that application and say, oh, am I a safety school now? No. Yeah, they're like, no. um, this is Harvard. Yeah. Are you they're okay? Like, oh, no. And yeah. throw it away. Yeah. And it, they don't internalize <laughs> it. Like, they're not like, am I? Exactly. You know, they're, they're just like, you can't come. That's a gr- that's like the best analogy ever. <laughs> like literally, exactly, exactly. They're just like um throwing that away. Yeah, they're literally. not like oh my god, what does this say about us? What does this yes. say about Harvard? It's like no. Yeah, and it, they're and they like actually, whoa that yeah. And it's not the person who has a one point five GPA responsibility to not pursue Harvard. They have every right in the world to say, I want to go to Harvard. Look at Harvard. Let me try to go to Harvard. They have every right exactly. in the world to do that. Because exactly. sometimes, you know, exactly. they, they might boop, boop, and get in. So slips through the cracks. Someone slips in, yep. right? So they're allowed to do that. Yep. But it's Harvard's responsibility yep. to say no. You know? Yep. To hold Love a Love the analogy. Yep. Love the analogy. Yep. Listen. <laughs> Love the analogy. This Listen, is this if reminds one me. Thing I love. It's an analogy. <laughs> I, I love a good analogy. I love a good analogy. I love a good analogy. Oh my yeah. gosh! You know, they just I bring the point home. They, that was that was everything, and it reminded me one time my mentor when I was in my in my um, celibacy period, and he had told me. He had said to me that, you know, he was like, a lot of men are going to try to bring these types of things to you. And a lot of women will accept it. A lot of women will accept these things that a high, a wonderful man, he will never do. But a lot of women, they're going to accept it. So it's not their fault for trying it out. It's you to decide, are you going to accept this or not? And that was such a game changer 100%. for me when he had kind of communicated that to me. Um, and he's married and in a wonderful partnership. And, you know, he was just like, I would never I would never have brought that to my wife or I would never bring these things to my wife when I was pursuing her. I would never feel comfortable with doing that as a man. So there's certain things, but other men will. 
and other women will accept it. So it's on you. And it was on my wife to say no to the people before because if they had brought that to her, which they had, and she had accepted it, she wouldn't have met me who would never, you know? <laughs> so it's exactly. like, exactly. that's really what exactly. it is. Exactly. So. Exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> but exactly. any last thoughts, girl? I feel like we just covered so much. <laughs> I know oh we gosh. covered so much. I mean, thank you so much for having me. Like I, it's always a pleasure. The time always flies by. Like it's just, I just love what you're doing. And it's so important for women to be able to see like what, what can come at the other end of like a healing journey that you really yeah. hold space for and take the time to do and really honor. Right. Yeah. It can be really beautiful. And it's like, if you, you know, had taken any shortcuts or like had not surrendered to it, then the hundreds, thousands of women who are yeah. now benefiting from your experience would have been deprived from that. Like you, and that's, that's one thing that really helps to, to keep in mind is that everything that you go through, everything that you're experiencing is gonna, is, is going, if you do the work and you, yeah. you follow process and you, you, you know, <clears throat> respond to the call and however you want to think about it right yeah if you do the work then you know there's there's beauty for ashes right i don't know it feels like i'm preaching today with all the yeah. like, all the spiritual like, reference no i love it because i've been in like such we could do a whole podcast on like spirituality i feel like oh together. my gosh I think that would be we fun. have to we right. have to right we have to i feel like it would be a brilliant episode i'll right. i'm gonna hit you up after this and we can okay. schedule that um, but it's like there it's just beautiful like it's it's now we can laugh about it, right? Because mm -hmm. there's yes. that beauty for ashes. There's that there's yeah. that light at the other end where you're now getting almost fulfillment from these experiences because yeah. they're benefiting other women. And so now yeah. it's like we've kind of done the work here and yeah. you have a cheat sheet. We didn't have a blueprint. Yeah. My yeah. mom <laughs> met my dad in high school. And that mm -hmm. was her one true love. And they've been together ever since. Like, I didn't, yeah. she, like, yeah. that was, you know, like, that was yeah. not. So you get to benefit now with social media and everything from the experiences of people who have been through this process. Yes. Just commit yourself to it. And it's, you'll be surprised how amazing on the other side, how amazing it is on the other side. If after yeah. that five-year singleness, like, I had met my man, like, right after, there would be no Maha Maven. <laughs> Cause there would, I would not, yeah. I would not know how to date. I would yes. have nothing to tell you guys, right? Yeah. My page would probably be makeup and <laughs> beauty and there would be no advice. Yeah. yeah. But that's There'd be so no advice, true. right? Yeah. And honestly, yeah. something that someone had told me when I was, when I was in, I think when I was in my singleness period, but someone had said like, the things that you struggle with the most are the gifts that you're supposed to give to the world. And I always say, especially my podcast, I'll say, right? Yes. I, again, I feel like the preaching energy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but Listen, I love it. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> but I really <laughs> felt that in my life. And I feel like one of my biggest assets that I bring to women, to my clients, to you know, online, mm. the book I'm going to write, is that I've mm. been in a lot of different bad situations. And I honestly feel mm. like that's one of my assets because I mm. know exactly what to do to go into the absolute opposite mm. end. And 
I really have so done that. Important. So it's like, you know, I, so I tell important. a lot of my clients, there's probably very little that you've been through, these terrible things you're telling me that I haven't experienced. And I can mm. bring you out of it. And I can show mm. you from someone who has, you know, experienced the trenches of, of mm. these experiences, yeah. you know, like yeah. dating a guy yeah. who's I think is going to kill me. Like, I'm like really scared wow. for my life, like situations like that, yeah. that I'm praying that I'm not going to be dead. Like these types of situations mm. that I've had, you know, being cheated on a million times. I, I dated a guy when I was young. He, again, I've experienced the older guys preying on the young 19-year-old or 18-year-old. He had, you know, a bunch of kids coming out while we were dating, like was impregnating. Like wow. I've experienced so many different things, right? And mm, mm. and I really feel like, yeah, that's like one of, that can be such an asset and exactly what you're saying. Like if I had, if you had just, right after that singleness, you found your man, there's nothing to say. You haven't learned from anything. There's, there's nothing something. to offer. So these things that have yeah. been confusing that we haven't had blueprints for that, you know, I didn't mm. have a blueprint. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. So I'm like just trying and I'm just receiving these downloads from God and following. Okay. I feel in my heart and in my spirit, yeah. I should be celibate for the next two years and single. Okay. Let me make that happen. You know, I don't know yeah. really, you know, so it's, um, yeah. And, and yeah, I just feel, I feel that's, such an important thing for that gives hope as well for women who might 100%. you know be in types of situations 100%. we're in like even after celibacy or singleness and then you're meeting all these shit guys and she's just like am i doing something wrong no you know this is part of your sacred story <laughs> but, 100%. yeah but yeah you know so that beautiful. you're like my favorite so i am you're so grateful <laughs> it's such an I'm, honor thank you so much for having me no, it's such an honor. I really <laughs> just admire you and respect you. And I'm so, oh, so happy you that so you much. came here on this podcast today. And thank yeah, you. I'm like just in awe of you. You have such a class about you, such an elegance, you. such a centeredness you. about you, that feminine mm -hmm. centeredness we were talking about. You embody that so well, this poise mm -hmm. about you. You mm -hmm. really embody the queen archetype very mm. very well like just this like thank you i'm on so my much. throne you know and i just love watching it like you give that though <laughs> that you means do. the world to me because i like have so much admiration and respect for you as well and i just feel like you have such like such a bold vulnerability that is thank so you. refreshing to see and like as someone who's been making content for a very long time, that you don't see that at all ever, really. Thank you. And just <laughs> the love and the kindness just comes through, right? Like, Thank and that you. I think that's why I know that's why you and I hit it off immediately yeah. because I could just feel that from you. Like, I could feel that on a spiritual level that you just have such a clear, clean spirit and such a pure intention for the things that you're you're doing and it's so beautiful and it's so like it's awe inspiring for me to see because you know here I am miss aloof kind of you know <laughs> stoic aloof stoic and so mm -hmm. to just see the vulnerability is 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 so is so beautiful and inspiring um and it's it's such an honor and a pleasure to share this space with you 
um, and your audience is really, really lucky to have to have you and to to be able to learn from you um, because it, you know it's clear as someone who also does this um, content thing. <laughs> it's clear to me how much of your heart is in it. Um, and that's not, that's not common at all. Thank you. So you just made me really tear up. Hats off to you. Thank you. Thank <laughs> I meant you. it. I meant it, yeah. girl. You know, I don't say things I don't mean. I would just <laughs> sign off and be like, well, thank you everyone. Have a great, yeah. I hope you enjoy the episode. You know? <laughs> So I meant oh it. I mean gosh. it. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. Your audience is really, really blessed and fortunate to have you. So oh, thank you. Yeah. You just made me cry. Thank you. I really, really appreciate that. And like, <laughs> yeah, like I said, of course, I, of course. and honestly, I agree. Like I, there is like very few, um, other creators that I've connected with on a, like that I really have a connection with. And I, I think it's the mm-hmm. same. It's because I feel your heart and your mm. acceptance and your mm. um, that that safety that you provide within all of these mm. kind of concepts that are also we you mm. know both of us we say very we say things that can be quite triggering right like for people yes. but if you yes. hold with yes. your heart these ideas and you're not saying them to be harmful or to be hurtful or to be anything you're saying them with an open heart and because you genuinely yes. want b- women to benefit i feel yeah, oh, yeah and i i feel your heart too and i love i love just the you inspire me you inspired me you know you're talking about my heart openness and whatnot but also on mm-hmm. your end the class that you carry yourself with that's inspired me even it. i was telling mm-hmm. you the um you know and you're one of the only people I talk about on my podcast. I'll be like, oh, and I got inspired by Fumi <laughs> to do this. <laughs> but, you know, I was really, I was, I was talking about, you know, the, um, the sharing on social media of the relationship. And that was something mm. that, you know, your class and your privacy and holding yourself with such a in high esteem and with a high regard Mm. online and taking up so much Mm. space as yourself individually, that's really Mm. inspiring to me. And since, you know, January, I was inspired by you and I started implementing Mm. that. And that's something that I'm Mm. like, and I think I was actually inspired in our call. I remember in our old podcast, you had said something like, you know, I trusted my, you know, my intuition and I had gotten this download from God and this is something I wanted to implement. And I was like, wow, you know, I've, I resonate I with it. that. <laughs> so I like that. So, you know, everything. And, and you're really doing God's work. Like you're doing God's work. Thank and you. you're such Thank a wonderful so woman. And Thank you. I'm honored to connect with you and honored to be seen by you and to see you as Me well. Too. I would love to Me just too. like, we need 100%. to hang out in person. <laughs> we seriously do. We've talked about this. We're like, we're going to like, we're going to do like a double date. I we'll do a double day. We'll do. I know. We need to do something. Like exactly, I'm like, exactly. I need to see We're gonna person. get together, and then they are gonna get together. It's decided. Yes. And oh my gosh, imagine if we made like if we made like a TikTok video together. I feel like everyone would freak out. That'd be so fun. We're like, hey guys. Hey guys. They're like, oh my gosh. Who is that? Literally, that would be so fun. But Oh but my yeah. God, I cannot wait. I, I cannot wait. It's going to happen. 
It's gonna it happen. Will. Wait for the and crossover, I'll, guys. Once, yeah, literally wait for the crossover. It's gonna happen. But, <laughs> but yeah. All right, I'm gonna because we're gonna talk it for a second after this. So I'm gonna end. Now we're just chatting it up okay. together. So I'm like, <laughs> the okay. girls are like, I feel okay. like. <laughs> We're like, okay, so on Saturday, are you free? Everyone's like, what? <laughs> um, we're still here. We're still Keep here, free. guys. Hello. <laughs> That's hilarious. But, okay. I'm ending in three, two, one. Thank you guys so much for okay. listening. My and pleasure. Yes, My pleasure. I love everyone so much. Thank you guys for listening. Fumi, thank you for being here. We're signing off. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.